Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. W. Edwards Deming said, 94% of problems in business are systems-driven. Only 6% are people-driven. It's one of the biggest things that we struggle with as entrepreneurs is having the right system or having the right systems for everything we need to do. We live our businesses and our lives day to day rather than month to month or year to year. Today, we're going to talk about how to implement systems, how to build them, how to use them. I think it's been really valuable for everybody listening to hear from our guests on how he does what he does and how you can implement it in your business. This is Adam Kipnis, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Thanks for listening. As always, we are brought to you on C-Suite Radio by Powertexting.com. Powertexting.com gives away one free hotel stay to a listener of every episode I do. So stay tuned for more information on that. Once you have your systems in place, once you have your product or service, you know what it is. You need to find a way to make money and sell more of it. That's where I come in with proper planning and proper messaging. You can make more money in your business. Uh, to start that right away, grab my book at freebookfromadam.com. It is eight steps to make more money in your business without spending any money on advertising. It's step-by-step, -step, really easy to implement. So hopefully you guys all go out and grab that. Today's guest is, um, I'm really excited. It's not just about the systems, but it's about the process. It's about how you can do this. And he's a business performance architect and the co-founder of Work the System. He's an international business consultant, coach, and speaker. He's had the unique experience of personally helping hundreds of businesses grow using his WTS method. His specialty is really taking stressed out entrepreneurs from working in their business to working on their business. Josh Bonger, thanks for joining us today and helping us with all of our own systems. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation because... Um, systems aren't always sexy, but they're super important and super important equals sexy. I think, how did you get started in the systems world? Was that something that you were born with? Were you putting, you know, Lincoln logs together as a kid? Uh, no, no, definitely by chance, by accident or by Providence, however you want to think about it. But, um, yeah, when I first started consulting, I was, you know, flying from company to company to company, putting in solutions, whether it was uh, sales solutions, inside, outside sales or merchandising solutions or leadership or culture. And I'd work with these companies. What I was realizing is that what, what I did um, wouldn't stick. Like I'd have to keep flying back, I'd have to keep uh, following up with these people and keep making sure I could hold them accountable. And, and I realized, you know what, this isn't really working the way it's supposed to, because I teach them and they, they, I felt like they knew what they were doing and it wouldn't stick. And then I you know, ran to Sam Carpenter. I mean, those watching the video can see his book right there, uh, Work the System. And uh, he showed me this new way to work on businesses, which actually has to do with his uh, WTS method. And so he and I started working together and that was a little over eight years ago. And ever since then, I've been using his method, which involves documenting the various processes of your business so that whether you come up with a you know, sales solution or a budgeting solution or a marketing solution, whatever, whatever the solutions are of your business, we can actually document them and allow the business to scale. And it doesn't, depend on the owner so much to make that happen. 
And, and that's where the, the, in the, in the, on the business rather than in the business portion comes in. You know, that's obviously something that's been a bigger and bigger term. It's been more talked about, uh, but it's really hard to do because the phone rings and email comes in. Uh, somebody knocks on your door if you've got a brick and mortar store. Um, how much of it is the mental aspect of the system versus the written aspect of the system? Well, I was just thinking about this this morning because uh, with my clients, there's always something that makes them get stuck along the way. I mean, people will hit this uh, proverbial uh, glass ceiling or the hill of plateau in their business. And, um, you know, in some cases, it's their personal systems are screwed up. Sometimes it's their business systems. Sometimes it's their, their team. So they might have the right structure, but they don't have the team to actually support it and an A team with a culture. Uh, they have no written down vision or strategy, or it's just between their ears. It's, it's their, their mindset. So they actually aren't, aren't uh, thinking properly, but kind of their mindset's holding them back from growing the business. And so any one of those variables could be the reason why they've hit the ceiling. And you know, during all of our programs, our goal, our goal is to break through those barriers and then build the structure. And once they get through the barrier, um, it's just, it's just math. I mean, the more systems they build, the more freedom they have, the more income they have. And we just keep building, building, building. So where, where did, where do you start? I know when I'm working with my clients and, and my focus is really strategic planning and using that to build a marketing plan. Most of my clients don't know the problem. They know they, they're not getting where they want to go but they don't know where the problem is. And my strategic planning process uncovers that and we identify whether it's capacity or whether it's a few other things. For your clients, you know, where do you start with them or how do they identify a system problem or that you are the right guy? Yeah, well, I mean, I think they find out we're the right guy just based on our podcast or webinars or any of the content floating around on the internet. So there's a lot of, you know, maybe 10 years of stuff out there. But, but once they come into our, our circle and they start to get to know us, then um, when I work with them, I, I like to build on solid foundations. And I know that uh, if you build systems without a foundation, they're going to fall apart anyways. So there's not a whole lot of value in doing it because people go back to their old habits. So we focus on you know, their mindset first and then getting a clear strategic objective, we call it. So getting that vision down on paper, then onto the principles, then onto the procedures. And we work on the personal systems the whole way through. And, um, you know, you could really start anywhere, but if you don't start, if you don't build that foundation, whatever you build is going to fall apart eventually anyways. And of course we have, you know, assessments and questionnaires just to kind of pinpoint. Um, but most people I work with come in with uh, a series of symptoms like, uh, my employees keep leaving or our customer service is bad or, you know, um, I'm having troubles with my <laughs> spouse at home, whatever it might be, they come in with some pain points. Um, you know, we had clients where, you know, the business partner left them or, or passed away or got pregnant. And so they're, they're stuck. And once you overcome the immediate uh, fire they have, then it's about thinking long-term and building a business to last and building a business that actually is worth something. Because as you know, most companies, first off, don't make it. The ones that do end up being kind of a, uh, you know, the owner ends up being a slave to the business. And so it's probably better if it died anyways. And then uh, very, very few of them actually can sell their business someday or step away. And our whole idea is we're going to build systems and structures so that your business machine is worth something and that you can step away, you can sell it, you can grow it if you so choose, as opposed to, to literally being uh, shackled to it. And um, it's not a, a get-rich-quick scheme. It's a, um, 
it's a get rich, uh, slow and smart scheme, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> and uh, that's not always the most sexy thing in the world. But for people who have been around the block a few times, we, you know, we call it for, you know, mature business owners. Um, it's the only solution that works. No, and that makes total sense. And I, I think the idea of not being shackled to your business is something that um, is music to the ears of a lot of our listeners and the people that follow us out there. But bring us back to that foundation, right? It, when, when, you, when you get into a business, you can see what people are doing and you can write it down and you can get rid of the things. But talk about the foundation. What are some of the tenets of a good, strong foundation for a business or to start building a good, strong foundation mm -hmm. for a business? Yeah, well... I'm a believer that if you're, if you're totally new, just starting out, um, you just need to start selling, you know, figure out what the market actually wants, you know, go to people who you think have the problem, tell them you have the solution, custom build it, figure out, um, you know, what you can do, what you need to bring in resources to make happen. And uh, there's no point in building something until you actually know the market wants it. So I'm a big believer in just getting out there and selling. Uh, the first time we launched our group coaching program, which we've, we've sold like a thousand clients on that at this point, we just offered it and say, hey, does anyone want group coaching? And then once we found people did, then we were like, well, let's, let's build this program and see, you know, and that was, you know, seven, eight years ago. And then, um, you know, same with our consulting, same with all of our services, you know, our accountability club, our mastermind groups. Um, so I'm a big believer in just seeing what the market wants and um, building exactly what they need. Uh, our group coaching program started off as three modules, now it's 17 with bonuses, with everything else, because we just build what the client wants. So that, that would say, if you're totally new to business, make sure that you're selling something people actually want and gets uh, the value. But then once you get into a routine, I'm a big believer in alignment. And this is difficult at first, but impossible if you don't write it down. So that's, this would be actually describing your strategic objective, writing down uh, where you're going and how you're going to get there. And this is gonna require you to align your product or service, your customer, uh, the, the verticals you work in, the technology you use, the kind of people you're going to grow, um, you know, how you believe about risk, um, diversification, all the different elements that make up your business, your marketing strategy, your sales strategy. You write that all down on one piece of paper, and that's going to give you clarity. And then as you work for a while, you're going to say, you know what, uh, actually, this doesn't match up with this. You know, our clients actually don't want high price. They want low price, but less touch or they want high touch and higher price, or you know, we have to diversify this, and, and you won't know until you work with, within, that, um, within those boundaries. And if you don't set boundaries, you'll just kind of float around and never really build something to scale. Right, and that's, it's, it's, it's so true that both, everything you just said there, one, that first you gotta sell something people want, then you can build on it, and then you can begin to set the parameters and the boundaries. But a lot of people um, might know they need a system and they start building their system. And they spend all their time there so they don't um, actually talk to people and sell stuff. Um, and I'm sure you've met some people like that that read work the system and they're like, I got to work with Josh because it's my system that's not right. I got to bring him in. And you get in there and they haven't talked to another human being that's a potential prospect in months because they're trying to get this done. Um, how do you help people identify that in themselves and really break out of that um, sort of working, I guess, your system backwards because they're so system uh, focused that they can't grow their business? Uh -huh. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it does happen. 
it's, it's rare, but it does happen. And I always go back to the, the goals. Whenever we work with someone, we set goals. You know, what are your uh, income goals, your growth goals, or the, you know, your business goals? And no one has a business goal of, I want to have 500 procedures written. Because th that, <laughs> that doesn't really do anything for you. I've been to companies that have 500 procedures written, and they're going bankrupt. You know, and no one uses them. And so really it has to be what, what is the result you're looking for in terms of vacations, time off, uh, income, your ability to have uh, new locations built, cross-training. So, so you pick those kind of goals, not number of procedures. And then whenever anyone writes a procedure, I ask them what the ROI is on that. So if you write a procedure that nobody uses but you, uh, it has some value, but not much. And so you have to have a, a bigger vision than that if you're going to actually go through the trouble of, of building these systems. And so we start with ones that are going to have the high ROI, the ones that are used daily or weekly, ones you can distribute, the ones that are going to you know, really remove the most problems from your, your clients you're working with or yourself. And you start with that, and then you work your way down from the high value ones down to low value ones. Um, and as long as you prioritize that way, you should be okay. Um, but you're right. Some people, they say, oh, I'm going to document everything. And they forget the goal is not <laughs> a documented business. The goal is in profitability and growth. And that always has to be the first thing. Um, so anyways, I try to steer them towards ROI on systems. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Now, steering it back to, to a little bit about your business. So you were, you were a consultant, you were doing your own thing, you were traveling around, and then you uh, met Sam and you guys created a partnership. Mm -hmm. There are a number of business owners who have partners or need a partner, but they can never quite tie it together how did you and Sam come together and build that partnership? And what are some of the lessons that you learned in forming that? Yes. Well, um, a lot of lessons. One <laughs> is uh, make sure you, you vet your partner. You, know, you don't want to be partnered with the wrong uh, person. I've, I've tried before and um, you know, you can go through some horror stories of that. So make sure it's the right person, you know, morals, ethics, uh, standards, uh, you know, you agree about the way the world works, life, all those things matter a great deal because you're gonna spend a lot of time together. So that, that matters first. Um, second, I would highly advise don't do 50-50 deals. Make sure somebody is really the lead person and someone else is um, you know, second in command. If you have two leaders, you're gonna have butt heads nonstop. And I think I would definitely define the roles. So when Sam and I first started working together, uh, he was the owner and I was um, a contractor. Then it was owner employee. Then it was partner partner. He was the majority partner. And then now I, I bought them out. And so now I'm 100% owner, right? So we've gone through this transition over a series of years to make that happen. And um, I think people need to play the long game too. Just play the long game with partnerships. That helps a lot. Uh, but um, if you can avoid it, don't do 50-50. And if you got three, three owners, don't do 33 and a third. Three ways, that's even worse. And you, you just get more and more complicated. Um, also, if you are with a partner and you're doing 50-50, make sure you define the roles. That's really like, you're going to do sales and marketing. You're going to do operations, admin, and IT. Like, just be really clear about that. Uh, it's whenever it's gray areas, that's when conflict happens. And um, conflict can either be on the way up or the way down. If companies are really slow moving, then the conflict is pretty low because it's not as volatile. But if it goes really far up, people get, um, get greedy and you get a lot of money problems. And I've had partnerships where things have gone really high up and that creates, um, you know, brings up the worst in people. Or if it's going fast downwards, <laughs> that's not so good either. So if you have a partnership, you almost wish for um, slow, steady, happy growth so people stay sane. 
No, I, I think that's, that's really on point. You know, there are so many partnerships where it's um, partners of equals. People think we've got so much in common, we should be partners. Um, and then you have, you know, two big egos doing the same thing versus, um, you know, partners that are complementary. So I, I appreciate that answer. And I think it's, it's really good for people to hear, especially that you've been through all aspects of the partnership, starting with just getting to know each other and, and using some of his work to now he's transitioning out and you own the business. Um, very, very interesting. We're talking with Josh Fonger on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. You can find him at workthesystem.com, the book Work the System. Um, I'll have um, his contact information in the show notes as well. As I said, uh, powertexting.com gives a free hotel stay to one listener of every show, 17 different locations around the world, four and five star resorts. Go to podcasttrip.com. Um, and have a chance to win. It's uh, very, very cool trips. I've done them myself. Uh, so someone's going to be psyched to do that. So Josh, when, when you are um, working with your clients, and, and there's always points of um, identifying what, what fits, what should stay in the system and what should not. Um, and there's no right answer and there's no um, real lesson probably, but there probably are some commonalities. Like what are some things that you see that businesses are doing that probably are, are not benefiting them or their clients and some, maybe some areas that they're missing? What have you seen over the, the thousands of clients and years that you've been in business? Well, let's see if I can answer that question. Um, there's... Broad so strokes average, are good. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see. If I can. Answer. So the average company has, has way more processes, procedures, systems than you imagine. So Sam's company has 400. And most people are pretty overwhelmed by that. They're like, well, I guess I'll never do it then. Um, but what I like to say is that each one is going to incrementally improve the business. Some of them are going to be home runs and they're going to be worth 10, 20, $30,000 a year to your business. Some of them are going to be base hits and they're going to be worth you know, five grand a year to your business. So what you don't know is how big of an impact each one of them is going to be, but you know, each one of them is going to be an impact. And so when I work with clients, I try to do um, uh, laser focus on each area of the business so that it's not so overwhelming. So we'll do some communication systems or we'll do some meeting systems or we'll do some um, uh, people systems. We call it, you know, how to hire, how to fire, how to manage your team. We'll do some measurement systems. We'll do some productivity systems. And so uh, we spend a little bit of time on each area. And what I want them to do is, 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 you know, brainstorm, come up with the ideas and then come up with a plan to work through it without a good plan. Uh, it's not going to work anyways. Um, I rarely come into a company that has too many things, but I can't even think of a company that's ever had too many systems built. Um, I can think of companies where they've had systems built where no one follows them. That's a different <laughs> issue. And um, that comes down to, you know, leadership and strategy and culture and a good team. And we teach that through our programs as well, because um, if you have great systems, but people are unwilling to follow them or update them or maintain them, uh, they really aren't that valuable. And I think that's a fear for a lot of entrepreneurs is they say, well, if I do this, no one's going to follow, you know, the recipe anyways so why even try and i think it's the wrong way of looking at it because um if that's your belief system about your ability to lead a team then you are always going to be stuck doing all the work yourself and um that's where most people find themselves very true and so thinking about businesses that where people do everything themselves you get a lot of solopreneur businesses out there um 
some great revenue, some are just getting started. Um, as a solopreneur where you're doing everything, talk to us about the, the, the reason you still need systems and how those systems can work for the individual solopreneur who's doing all of the roles. Right. Yeah, well, definitely. So solopreneurs definitely need to have systems and they definitely need to build a team. Um, doesn't mean they're all employees. It means that they need different experts to help them along the way. And um, the, you know, I was just talking to someone last night about this. Um, you have to break up the work you do into separate expertise. So maybe one expertise is design. Another one is video editing. Another one is copywriting. Another one is advertising. Another one is a, a, a booking agent, you know, PR. So there's all these different areas and you would probably do all of them, right? But you probably do um, two of them really good, two of them okay, and the rest of them you're pretty bad at, but you do them anyways. <clears throat> and you have to start breaking those pieces, you know, breaking them apart in little pieces and then find people to help you. Um, you know, one hour a week, two hours a week, three hours a week um, to start to unload your plate. And a way I do, I do that with entrepreneurs is I actually, help them quantify what their time is worth. So is your time worth $100 an hour, $200 an hour, $300 an hour? You know, what, what is your time worth? And then very easily, let's pick things that you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis and find people who cost less than that. And um, lo and behold, most things you do, you can find people who, who cost less. And, um, and I do this with your personal life too. So if you're doing things in your personal life, like you're mowing the lawn or you're you know, cleaning your house or just all the things you're doing personally, you could probably find someone much cheaper to do those personal things and then also reinvest that in your business. So um, all those systems matter. And I think it comes down to quantifying what your time is worth and then simplifying it. Cause the, the truth is no one, you're not going to find someone who's going to be able to do everything you do. So don't try. Um, but you could find somebody who is better at um, writing copy for you or designing, um, you know, thumbnail images for, your podcast or whatever that might be. And you definitely can find those people and um, you know, I can share resources later, but there's definitely people out there. Very cool. Very cool. And when, when you look at a business, it's not always, always about the system. Like the system is not the point the, the result is the point. And there's a lot of businesses that go through sort of boom and bust or sort of yo-yo throughout the year. They, they're, they're rolling and then they get caught up because they got to do all the work and then They've got to start up their marketing. How do you get people off of that yo-yo and into a real, you know, freedom-based business? <laughs> right. Yeah, yo-yo business. Um, well, I, I, I do it through, you know, our, our whole method. But the key thing is to um, make sure that you're not the one who's selling and also doing and also doing the administration and also the finance. So um, that's how you can smooth things out because you end up being the bottleneck the whole way through. And a lot of companies, that's the way they are. Once the owner sells it, then they have to start doing the work. And so you wanna find either someone, you know, selling systems, um, you know, service systems, uh, delivery systems. And so you start building those. And I would say, you gotta think of it like, um, like assets. And so each of these little assets that you build, whether it's a person or a system or a machine or an automation, um, then that's going to free you up. Also, I'd say if, if your lumpiness is due to the seasonality, then you have to think about ways to, to diversify revenue, diversify ways of uh, receiving payment, diversify cash flow systems, and, and finding ways to restrict expenses during the, the low season. And there's a lot of strategies for doing that, you know, whether you, um, I don't know, your window washing business or your business that just focuses on Christmas or whatever that might be, uh, a lawn care business. Uh, but you do have to 
deal with reality. That's a big, big saying in our class is that um, what is reality? Let's work with that instead of, instead of just being frustrated with what reality is. Um, deal with it head on you know, because anyone else you're competing with has that same reality. So, um, and it's not going to go away. You know, the market realities are things that you have to um, modify too, as opposed to thinking that you as a small fish are going to change the ocean, right? Change the market because you're just not going to. And I, I love that you, that you talked about diversifying your revenue streams. It's almost like we scripted this. So you, you know, had consulting and you and Sam came together, you had the book, but you were doing one-on-one -on -one consulting with businesses. And then you added a group coaching program to it. And then you added online stuff to it. And now you're, you've got a licensing program that you've added to it all based on the same model or complementary to your model that are adding income streams to your business. Thinking about your own business, you know, how did you begin to, one, think the time was right, two, maybe know the time was right, and three, um, identify what that next income stream was going to be, that next complementary product that you had to create or that you had to envision to diversify your own income streams for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to say I have some kind of technical MBA answer on this one, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't. Um, really just came down to it. At first, um, you know, Sam and I got working together and I knew I had to make a certain amount of money. You know, I've got three kids. And so the easiest way to do that is, you know, send some emails out to our list and say, hey, we're doing consulting. And you get a few hundred thousand dollar contracts and then you're good for a while. And then as we learned, we said, you know what, we should probably turn this into you know, some coaching. So I did some one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then we said, you know, that's a higher price point. So we kind of worked away from high price points down to lower, down to lower, down to lower, down to lower. Because, you know, if you're selling a $10 product, you got to sell a lot of them to, to actually make a dent in your, um, you know, your revenue. So uh, what we always did is started with the highest dollar amount and then work our way down, maybe some events, and then some mastermind, then one-on-one, -on -one, and then group coaching. And so now we have a, a WTS mastery club. You know, it's $19 a month. That, that's for everybody. But as you can imagine, you got to sell a lot of those to make it worth it. Same with um, you know, our, our affiliate revenue through all the different um, companies that we partner with. Um, we can't live on that, um, but it's a nice way to diversify our revenue streams. So we've just worked our way down from that. Um, I can't say it was strategic. It was more just we knew it was time. We had figured out that part of the business. So let's just build the next piece. And um, also don't try to build three or four pieces at once. Just do one at a time. Because if you do one at a time, you can focus intensely on it and you can see how the market responds. A big thing for us is always uh, put it out there and just let our list know, hey, this is a beta test. Um, and uh, we're going to give you a big discount if you're part of the first group. And then we test it out. We figure out it works. Like we did a beta test of um, accountability coaching. You know, we made some money with it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't a winner. So we don't offer it anymore. So on to the next thing. And so I think that really cuts the risk down. Um, it's very stressful to try to launch something new and invest like hundreds of hours into it first. Way less stressful to just put some emails out to your list and say, we're going to try this thing and then let the market decide. And then, then you can really be focused on serving those people and customizing it based on, on their needs. I think it's a, that's a, it's a great question to ask yourself or a great thing to tell yourself before you do anything. Let the market decide. The market will always tell you. And I, I tried accountability coaching as well in my business. Um, everybody needs it, but 
evidently nobody in the world wants to pay for it. Um, so I, at least it wasn't my terrible idea or my implementation. No one can do it, right? Um, so it's interesting. So, but how do you, when you're doing that, how do you avoid shiny object um, syndrome and sort of oversaturate your client base, your list with, well, how about this? Let me try this. Let me try that. And where people lose the message because we're trying new things. Uh-huh. Um, hmm, good question. For us, we, we have a, a long-term marketing calendar. And so we're kind of on a quarterly plan. And so we know something really works well. We offer it every single quarter. And um, once we find a winner, then we know, okay, we're not going to offer that all the time. But once every three months is reasonable. New people are on our list all the time. They're forgetting about it. Maybe the timing's not right. And so that's, that's our, our way to keep things fresh is every three months, we'll offer the same thing. And then in between those times, we're going to offer, you know, different products. And, and it started off with just one product. And now we have multiple to kind of launch on those quarterly, quarterly cycles. But I would say for an entrepreneur that's new, the most important thing is that you stay in business. So you have to um, set high goals and make sure you're making those sales and don't bother having 10 revenue streams, having one good revenue stream first before you move on to the next one. And then make sure that one's a solid, you know, whether that's, you know, 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month, whatever, whatever that number is for you, then move on to the next one. But don't let a, um, you know, don't just kind of plant a seed, let it grow to a little sprout and then walk away and hope it stays alive. It just won't. So you have to kind of tend to it for, I don't know, six months, a year before you bother building the next thing. That's, that's really great. And I, I, should have, I should have seen that coming that you have a system for how you um, launch your products, uh, being the systems guy. Um, and you can, you can get your, um, Josh's information at workthesystem.com. You can go to YouTube. There's a lot of videos out there. Um, it's youtube.com slash workthesystem. Last one for me before we wrap up. And, and this is really like, where do people listening to us today, they can go, they can watch your videos, they can definitely get your book, they can contact you directly. But it, once they jump off here, what do they do first? Like, how does someone really assess where to begin in their systems? You know, do they look at what they've got? Do they start to put things on paper? What's the first thing people should do to get on a path to have a better life work in the system? Well, I mean, to get some free resources, certainly they can go to workthesystem.com slash MBA. So uh, MBA, just like your show, that would be a way to get free resources. So like you said, the podcast, uh, the book we give away for free, or I mean, you can pay for it or you can get it for free on our website or also the, um, you know, the group coaching, which I do is, is featured there. So that would be, uh, if you're actually serious about this and this is striking home, but I, I think the main, the main thing is to look yourself in the mirror and, you know, identify, are you the bottleneck in your business? Like, are you as the leader owner, the reason why your business is not growing? And if you're unwilling to say that, then you're, you're not really ready to make a change. So there's a certain amount of um, humility, honesty, um, self-discovery that needs to happen first. And because a lot of people think it's, you know, they're blaming someone else, blaming the market, blaming their customers. But once you're willing to say, you know what, I'm the reason why my company is not growing, then you're ready for the first step. Uh, you're ready to actually take some action. Uh, before that, um, you are going to constantly stay stuck and point fingers and chase shiny objects and, and look for a quick fix. And really there's no quick fix to building a great business. There isn't. Uh, so 
that's what we do. We're for mature business owners, <laughs> not mature in age, but mature in thinking, <laughs> uh, you know, so whether they're 22 or 72, it doesn't matter, but um, they're ready. You know, they, they've tasted enough shiny object uh, solutions to realize that's not going to work. Um, that's for us. That's so true. Josh, thank you for your knowledge. Thanks for being here on the show. Great conversation and, and so many implementable and usable um, facts and processes. Really appreciate it. It was fun, Adam. Enjoyed it. Great. And thanks everyone for being with us on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Uh, thanks for being here on today's episode. Look forward to having you on the next one. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.